Welcome to the Wholeheartedly Podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy while navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Wholeheartedly Podcast. You know who I am by this time. I'm Galen Staten, the host of Wholeheartedly, and I just want to take a quick second and thank you so much for listening the response that I've been getting for this podcast has been phenomenal and I can't do the work that I do without your support. It's one thing for me to sit behind a mic and talk about things that are completely vulnerable, things that a lot of us are going through that we may not want to share out into the public stratosphere. And just the fact that a lot of the messages are resonating with a lot of you really makes my heart happy. I'm really just excited to continue on this bi-weekly schedule. I've been doing some bonus episodes, so if you haven't listened to those, give those a listen. I've done a couple of those at this point, and I'll continue to do more of them, just mini episodes of things that I am going through at the time. But without further ado, I want to talk to you today about purpose and burnout and how those two are intertwined. And then just some ways that we can try to manage our expectations about purpose and really dig a little bit deeper and see if we can uncover different parts of ourselves that are maybe repressed or things that we forgot about or things we just didn't know in the first place. I have this coffee cup that says, sometimes on the way to the dream, we get lost and find a better one. I drink out of this coffee cup and a lot of times I'm just mindlessly trying to make my espresso. It really has dawned on me lately that this quote, this affirmation has significant truth to it, especially right now in my life. I'm just gonna come right out of the gate right now and tell you that This episode is a little hard for me because it's something I'm currently going through. And so being vulnerable and being open about something that has driven my life for so long is very challenging, but it's also very invigorating to talk about this. Talking about purpose and talking about something that you've done your whole life is not easy. (laughs) Say my whole life, my whole professional life since I was 14. And so it's almost been two decades of the career path that I am on and that I continue to be on. But I'm big on affirmations. I'm sure you probably haven't guessed that. I'm a writer by train. First and foremost, that is my bread and butter. That is what I do. I'm a storyteller. I am a writer through and through. And so words of affirmation really mean something to me. I feel like words have power, whether you are reading them or you're listening to them you're picking up on tone, you're picking up on all of the different facets of communication. Words are very powerful. And I'm going to level with you. I used to think that I had everything figured out. The last main episode was about overachieving and being addicted to achievement and also how toxic positivity relates to all of that. I used to overachieve 
my way through high school and college. I figured once I landed a career job, I would be able to be on that fast track to achieving everything that I ever wanted. And then I would live happily ever after. We all want that happily ever after, right? We're craving something. We're longing for what the future is going to be like. We're looking to the past, but we're not really paying attention to the present moment as much. But life has a way of getting in the way of what your original dream was. When I look back at my childhood through the lens of adulthood now, I'm shocked to realize that I had the guts to write a whole collection of stories, but then read them to my second grade class. I remember asking my teacher if I could do it. It wasn't even like a show and tell moment. It was just me wanting to have my classmates around me listening to these stories that I wrote. That was really the first taste that I got as a writer. Since that moment, it has spiraled into a career. Of course, everything shifts and changes and you go through these different points of a metamorphosis. Many of you know me as a PR practitioner. I've been a PR person for 13 years. So 13 is my lucky number. And I feel like I'm in this formative moment right now where I am looking at what I've built over these last 13 years and really these last two decades. I'm looking at it and it looks beautiful. It's very pristine and well-built and illustrious, nearly perfect. On the outside looking in, it looks like it's something that everybody would want. It's like, you know, you've built this career where you have these accolades and you've worked with top-notch clients and you've done all of these things. But I'm still struggling with feeling happiness and feeling contentment and really diving headfirst into my purpose. And I realized recently, and it's so hard for me to talk about this because this is something that I have known for over a decade and I still love communications. I still love certain facets of what I do, but my company, Hourglass Media, I feel like goes through these different shifts. And we're at that moment now where it's a pivotal moment for my company, for me as a PR practitioner, for me as a storyteller, but I'm also able to take what I have learned and apply it and continue my journey to self-actualization. I actually took the entire month of December off of work. I tried to wrestle with my purpose. I was feeling really burned out and I'll get into burnout a little bit later. But I sat at my kitchen table and I wrote down this whole plan and it looks really great on paper. It looks really great on screen. And I had all of these goals lined up and all of these objectives on how I would reach those goals. And now we're in quarter two of the next year after I did that. I just look at it and I feel emptiness. And it's weird. It's like I could go through all of these different parameters. I can jump through all of these hoops, but I'm not getting fulfillment out of it. And so I really recently sat down and I got back down to basics. And I'm like, okay, if you were little girl Kaylin, what would you want to do with your life? What would you want to do? And it goes back to being a storyteller, 
really focusing on that writing element. I'm transitioning different parts of Hourglass Media. Some certain services will be retired. I'm going from a tactician and I'm morphing it more into strategy and consultation work. But at the core of it, I'm a writer. And so those are the things that I'm really going to focus on. I think the heart of the conversation, the main point that I want to drive home is that I'm just tired. I have been part of this hustle culture, this overachievement, perfectionism for my entire life. I think that coming off of a two-year project was really a nice time for me to sit down in December and think about what I really wanted. But truth be told, I like to tell little white lies to myself and I don't do this in a malicious way and it's not something that I even would do with other people. You don't treat yourself as well as you treat other people. You're on the back burner. And so in this case, I most certainly fell into that category of not putting my own needs first. But I still checked emails during this time. I took necessary meetings. I was doing way too many things for the holiday season. And I was diverting my attention from focusing on my purpose. I do a lot of things as a distraction. It's like a diversion tactic. If I'm not wanting to sit with my feelings, then I'm going to do 5,000 other things to make me feel better to numb whatever type of feeling that I'm going through. In this case, I was wrapping presents incessantly. Like I would get them on my doorstep and then immediately have to go and wrap them. It was just something that I realized after the fact of maybe I shouldn't be doing all of the stuff that I'm doing during Christmas and other holidays. But I realized I, I was just at my wit's end. I was burned out. It doesn't matter whatever you call it. It could be depression, it could be burnout in general, but I wanted to crawl into bed and sleep for at least half a year. And that sounds really nice right now. I'm actually recording this on an evening and it's been just a tiring week already. It's the end of the week and I feel like I could probably go and sleep for a really long time. So I started noticing all of these patterns. And of course, I have a propensity for migraines and muscle tension, and I have TMJ. And so I was noticing all of these different flare-ups, especially during the month of December. I tracked my mood, and a lot of it was more flat days or depressive days. Looking back now, I was not in alignment with my purpose. I would like to think that I was living out my life's mission I have this bracelet and I bought it in my downtown at a local store and it's unfortunately no longer in business, but it was a knockoff of the brand Mantra Band and it said, live what you love. And so I took that and I'm like, that is an amazing mantra. And again, going back to words of affirmation, like if I'm wearing something on my wrist and I can look at it and I can have those gentle reminders throughout the day and those intentional messages to myself, then I'm inspired to create whatever type of change or be productive or push through something that is very challenging. And I added, despite fear after that. So my life's mission is to live what I love despite fear. But somewhere along the way, I let fear take over. I let fear of failure, perfectionism, and procrastination, 
just other fears in general, like the fear of being judged, the fear of not being enough. A lot of it is, again, tied to self-worth. I feel like I've been burned out at least since 2019, but I have been in my career for almost two decades. And I kind of feel like it may be, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis. This isn't really what this is, but I feel like it is when a lot of people start to address what is ailing them and whatever type of facet of their life that they're looking in, they realize that maybe their job isn't fulfilling anymore, or maybe something personally isn't really speaking to them anymore. I was coming off of a two-year project, like I said, add pregnancy during a pandemic and delivering a baby, experiencing two miscarriages, then just a whole host of other stressors. And I think that that contributed to it. But I also think that I wasn't really living as my true self. I've talked about this before. As a PR practitioner, I have had two separate personas. I have the one that's the public facing me. I have the one that is the actual me. And the one that is the actual me, I build up so many walls that I can't even climb over them. And now I am trying to tear them down and then rebuild. So I'm in a true recalibration mode. That is actually my word of the year for 2022. And I didn't know that it would have like all of these different purposes, but it is a true recalibration. I've had to take everything apart and then analyze it. It's like when you're in therapy and they say, there are so many different layers, you're like an onion or whatever type of analogy, but it is true. I realized that I even had an onion. (laughs) I was even an onion. That was my conscious and subconscious and every part of me together. And then I started looking at the layers. I started peeling some back. I started to throw some away. I started to destroy some or put some in the light and make them on display because they were beautiful. And then I started to just take it apart. I've reconstructed it. And now I'm realizing that it didn't go back together the way that it used to. It looks different. I'm a different version of myself. I feel like I am a better version, a more educated version, a more inspired person, way more consciousness. It's like I've formed, it's like I've transformed into this near butterfly version of myself when I used to just be a caterpillar, right? Going back to that metamorphosis analogy, I've been around. I've had a company for seven years and I realize now that I started it when I was still living for outside validation. The flip side of needing words of affirmation and when words are so vital to how you communicate, having that outside validation means a lot to you. I recently learned about the internal and external locus of control. And this makes total sense with how my life has panned out. I externally looked for validation. And so that I got lost in whatever purpose I thought other people wanted me to have. I actually started my company and it was called Hourglass Omni Media. And you'll probably see that is still my official business name. But then my trade name is Hourglass Media. Omnimedia is so lofty. It's like a godlike presence. I don't want to be everything to everybody. That is not what I was put on this earth to do. I am not going to be everybody's communications guru. I'm going to clash with people. People are going to clash with me. 
And, you know, it's just how it is. I listened to somebody who said, this is what you should do because you're good at X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This person thinks I'm awesome at what I do. This is great. I'm going to start this company. It's going to be Omni Media. The only person who has Omni Media is Martha Stewart. <laughs> I am not that caliber. I would much rather have a niche audience and really cater to what my target audiences would like be with a small group of people and have deeper connections because of that. I, again, I don't want surface level connections with business or my personal life. And that really played into that. And so now the internal locus of control is just finding everything within myself. It's like in The Wizard of Oz, which is, by the way, one of my favorite movies of all time. When Glinda says, you've had the power to get home all along. Paraphrasing, by the way. You just had to click your heels three times. I have to remember those moments. And it's so hard to remember those moments. So hard. But I have focused my efforts internally rather than seeking that external validation. Today I listened to a song that coincidentally I had never heard before. And it's going to probably be my theme song from here on out. It's Vienna by Billy Joel. But then I found a cover version and I'll link it in the notes. Literally every part of the lyrics speaks to me and it is about my life. And it's really about this, this purpose driven nature that I have. There's something hauntingly beautiful about it. And I'm a sucker for anything that's melancholy. <laughs> It's the depressive side of me, probably. But the lyrics go, where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. This is not a perfect science. I don't have all the answers. My purpose looks a lot different now than it used to. I used to live the life of a single woman, but my life was lacking what I always wanted. I used to live to work, but now I work to live. My purpose is much more multifaceted now. It's more like a kaleidoscope of life. There's so many different beams of light that come off of that and hit the wall. But I used to have just that linear stream of light, more like a spotlight where it was just everything that I consumed was work, and I was always looking toward that next goal. And I knew that I wanted to be a writer. I knew I wanted to tell stories for a living. So it's like I had some of that purpose mapped out, but I had to go through all of these different back roads and all of these different unmapped territories to get to where I am now. Sometimes I want too many things and I have to pare down what is on my plate. And that is so hard for me to do, but you have to take away everything for you to be able to realize what's important. Like I talked about in episode two, which is the achievement addiction and toxic positivity episode, I'm no longer living and dying by what I achieve. I am honest with myself about what works and what doesn't. And that is the hardest thing that you can do. Again, like I like to tell myself these little white lies. I like to soak in all of the emotions then I like to repress them. When I was in middle school, I took a career assessment. Probably a lot of us tried to figure out our purpose 
in middle school or in high school. Some of us maybe didn't know about it until college. Some of us still may not know what our purpose is. We're all at different parts in our journey with that. When I took my career assessment though in middle school, my results were, drum roll please, writer. (laughs) So I feel like I've gotten lost in the everyday minutia And I've lost who I truly am, both personally and professionally. So again, that restructuring of my company will fit that purpose, which is that overarching sense of being a natural storyteller and unveiling the hearts of stories, not only of myself, but of other people. Be able to consume something that is outside of myself to contribute to a deeper, more holistic version of what it means to be human. So I'm really scared of change. I think that as an emotional sponge, we are not really fine-tuned for change. It affects us a lot deeper than it does somebody who doesn't have a highly sensitive nature and neurotransmitters and the personality trait that we have. Being able to dive headfirst into uncertainty is just not part of my natural wheelhouse. I've been doing it for like a whole week. man, I'm, I'm really an expert. I'm telling you, I've been doing it for a week, but it's true. I have a lot of change that's just going on around me, both within myself, within my family, the unit of me and my husband and my son, and then just other people around me going through all of these changes. It can be very overwhelming. And as somebody who likes to naturally plan and likes to know where I'm going from point A to point B, etc. But then also have that creative flow and flexibility. It can really throw you for a loop. I have been sitting with the discomfort. It's something I never really imagined myself doing, but really sitting in my discomfort. I have to lean into that discomfort because change is inevitable and change gets you out of your comfort zone. And if you're able to get out of your comfort zone, then you're able to grow. We have, again, a lot of changes on the horizon just as a family, a lot of work changes. My purpose has been in question. And so I feel like I've been hit and put through the ringer a little bit emotionally. I know that even though the foundation of the wall that I've built is cracking, I'm able to tear it down and rebuild everything from the ground up. And I feel like that's exciting, but it's also really scary. I'm tearing down something that I thought was my purpose. And again, I love communication. I just am going to be a little bit more intentional about where my career is headed, where my company is headed, so I can be the most present version of myself after my son was born. It's like a switch flipped off in my brain or on rather, I don't know, off or on. I feel like I flipped off the workaholic switch, but then the one where I became more of who I am was turned on. It is so easy to get caught up on what other people think of you and that drives your purpose. Probably a lot of you are listening and maybe like you've had somebody in your life tell you that you should be in one career, but you know that you're really drawn to another one. Or you get just so lost in the everyday mundane tasks or your responsibilities where after you become a parent, it's hard to navigate and be that version of yourself that you were before. It's never going to be like that. You're never going to be that version of yourself you were before you were a parent or before any other type of life change. 
occurs. But we're able to, again, rebuild from the ground up if we have to. It's like I've, I see a wrecking ball and I'm directing it and I have control over it but then I don't have control over it at the same time. So let's talk a little bit about burnout for a minute. I know that probably every single person on the face of the planet right now is dealing with burnout. It's one of the largest purpose killers. It is so hard when you feel burned out to be motivated to live out your purpose. It's hard to be productive. It's hard to take those consistent steps toward whatever goal that you have because when I get overwhelmed, I have a, honestly, it's it's fight, flight, and freeze. So those trigger responses and those survival instincts come into play. If I'm doing something consistently that I'm having trouble with or I don't necessarily want to do, or if again, I have too much on my plate, there are so many different ways that I can reach overwhelm. Like I am, I could probably write the book on all the unique variables that it takes for me to get to overwhelm. Burnout is so prevalent, especially right now. A lot of us are going through the great resignation. You realize maybe during the pandemic that you're in a career that doesn't really fulfill you or inspire you anymore, or maybe it never did. Whatever the case may be, you are burned out. And I definitely get that. And I think that it made me go back to the drawing board and say, okay, is this regular burnout? Is this something a little bit deeper? Mine is a little bit deeper. I was burned out even before the pandemic. I probably will continue to be burned out until I figure things out completely. Like, I'm going to be honest, I have no clue what I'm going to do. I'm at a point now where I'm exploring all kinds of different avenues and whatever will give me the results and the, the actual tangible ways of keeping it going. All of us have been toggling back and forth emotionally for so long. It's hard to know which end is up. We've worked from home. Some of us are back in the office and it's a hybrid structure. We've parented during a pandemic. I mean, we've had to mute our mics constantly, turn off our cameras when our cats have walked across the keyboards, when our kids have been crying or when somebody interrupts us and they don't know that we're in a meeting and we're all burned out. And it could be from the pandemic. It could be from losing a loved one. Again, being in the midst of your own great resignation and questioning your purpose. So we've all seen changes. We're all burned out, which can keep us locked away from our true selves and our purpose because we're so busy trying to survive that we can't see anything that's outside of that field of vision. And it's just so exhausting to go through the motions of everyday life. What is burnout? It's a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. I get burned out from, even though a routine helps me, I get burned out from doing the same thing over and over. Burnout and whatever stressors come along with that look differently to each of us. My therapist actually recommended a book called Burnout. It's by Drs. Emily and Amelia Nagoski. This book really helped me. I was suffering from burnout. And again, it allowed me to know like what was burnout and what was situational in the moment versus what was that deeper longing for discovering my purpose. I read it. It took me longer than I would care to admit to read it. I would read it when I was falling asleep after a, a long day of work and parenting and whatever else was on the, the agenda for the day. It's a really great book. I highly recommend it. Let's take it a step further. 
you could be experiencing burnout due to a lack of control in your life for whatever reason, a toxic work environment, lack of social support, and just support in general if you don't have a really strong support system, work-life imbalance, etc. There's so many different ways that you can experience burnout. What does job burnout look like? There's a lack of motivation. You have to drag yourself to work. For me, as I've been trying to go back and forth between what I want my company to still do versus where I want to go as a professional, it's so hard (laughs) to motivate myself. Things that used to bring me joy, whether it's a specific tactic or landing a particular media placement or numbers of social media followers or engagement does not have the same ring to it. And again, it's just because I've outgrown certain parts of my career and then also want to venture into other parts of it. And so I'm on this tightrope, I feel a lot of times. Irritability and patience with yourself and others, lack of energy, motivation, and productivity. Huge one for me. Hard to concentrate, disillusioned with your job, and lack of satisfaction with your achievements. You have addictive tendencies to numb how you feel. You don't take care of basic needs. You have unexplained headaches, stomach or bowel problems, other ailments. There are a lot of other different ways, again, that you could suffer from burnout and how it affects you within the body. But again, where are some of all of our experiences and sometimes it doesn't look great and sometimes it's confusing. I go from confusion to clarity to more confusion to maybe a little bit more clarity. Like a month ago, I told my therapist, I can see the mountain of self-actualization. I can see it. It's not a desert mirage anymore. I can actually see the summit and I'm almost there. Almost there. It's like when Obi-Wan and Luke and C-3PO and R2-D2 are overlooking Moss Eisley on Tatooine and they're on that cliff overlooking it. It's like, I can see it. It is so close. I'm so close to finally answering the question of what's wrong with me and knowing everything and being an informed being and having that new level of consciousness. Then my last therapy session, I'm like, I feel like I'm, I can't see the summit anymore. I feel like I fell down. <laughs> it's like I fell and now it's just so far away. And I think that's just the nature of going through life and trying to figure out your purpose So how can you find your purpose? I've told you a lot about my purpose, what it originally was from me being a writer to me kind of losing my way and bumbling through things and doing what other people wanted me to do, what I was good at, but I don't necessarily get joy from to present day where I'm bringing it all back and getting back to my roots of being a writer again and really focusing on that. Going back to my inner child and asking her what she wants to be when she grows up. (laughs) It can be hard to discern burnout from actual changes that you want to make in your life. And so I don't recommend you make any rash decisions by any means. Take a few days, take a month. I do treat burnout like I treat depression. If it's consistent for more than two weeks, then I begin to take it a little bit more seriously. I begin to get into the the meaning behind why I'm burned out. 
I have a couple of different ways that I revisit my purpose from time to time and then try to combat burnout. The first one is called Ikigai and it's an ancient Japanese philosophy that many people believe is the reason for happiness. It's your reason for being, so to speak. I feel like a lot of the Asian cultures have this figured out. They have the road to happiness figured out. A lot of my research either comes from Japan or Australia, coincidentally enough. And so I feel like they have it figured out in terms of at least how I want to go about my own journey. But I will include the Ikigai graphic that I've created for a course that I have pertaining to PR, which is ironic because I'm saying that I want to take a little bit of a sabbatical but it has different circles. It looks like a Venn diagram, but it's a little bit more complex than that. But you write in what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. I recently did this again. I had one that was on a bulletin board that I had in my home office at our old house and I revisited it. I hadn't looked at it for a long time and a lot of it is still the same. And it's like, I had it up for so long and I looked at it and it's like, it just glosses over with the everyday tasks and occurrences that just happen. You just get so caught up on your to-do list and that means to no end at all that it gets lost in the shuffle. So it's very helpful, again, to do these types of exercises and to really get to the meat and potatoes of what makes you who you are. And you'll even surprise yourself. Like I literally came up with a different career path from doing this process. It's like a light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, that's it. And so I really want to delve into more PR communication and blend that with mental health in whatever capacity that looks like. So stay tuned. You may know more about it. I don't know. I don't even know about it. But that is what the direction that I want to go these days in more psychology. The second practice that I like to take a look at when I am questioning my purpose is wabi-sabi. Again, that's another Japanese term and another way of looking at things. It refers to the appreciation of the beauty of imperfection. As a perfectionist, when I was really looking at why I was a perfectionist and digging into the depths of my soul to figure this out, I came across wabi-sabi and so it's just celebrating imperfection, impermanence, and simplicity as the natural state of things in the world. It's very heart-centered and it teaches you self-compassion. As an emotional sponge, that means everything to us. How I use wabi-sabi is like a more visual way of practicing this. Everything in my house doesn't match. So, I mean, it matches, it like complements each other, but it's not like, I'm not like a matchy-matchy type of person. I like to mix different styles, different eras, and just different textures and things like that. And so it's just kind of a hodgepodge, but it's like vintage and modern together. And so to me, that imperfection means that I'm fully integrated as a person and as I would like to have that reflect in my house. I have to practice imperfection all the time with that because I have a toddler <laughs> and he likes to leave crumbs everywhere and he likes to get his dirty little grimy hands on everything. And I have two cats. And so it's just imperfection is the name of the game these days. So again, Ikigai and Wabi Sabi, I will link those in the show notes. 
Some other ways that you can find your purpose is by reading more about it. Look for books that are very purpose-driven. Take what works for you and leave the rest. Turning your pain into healing for others, telling your story, practicing gratitude. I know this sounds, I don't know, I feel like gratitude and manifestation are things that a lot of life coaches like to charge you for these days whenever it's just you kind of know how to do that already. But just practicing gratitude, whether it's writing it down very quickly or saying a prayer or keeping, again, like a mantra around you and really reflecting on things. Listen to what others appreciate about you without resistance. I'm so bad at doing this. I know that I said earlier that I used to really depend on external factors to drive my happiness and to make me feel validated but I also resist it. I'm like, it goes back to self-worth. I'm like, eh, I don't deserve that. I like to deflect compliments because they make me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, you actually think I'm good at something? That's great. <laughs> it doesn't happen as much professionally, but if I get like a personal compliment, I repel it. It's like internally, I'm like over the moon excited. And I'm like, I can't let you see my emotions. I have to shut you out. And then finding and building a community. And then also for me, I have been reparenting myself so I can parent my son in the best possible way that he needs. Finding true love. I know that you can't always plan for this, but it's something that completely changed who I am as a person. Doing work that matters to you and contributes to the greater good. We are all about purpose-driven work. And again, I have been struggling with my purpose and just different sectors that I'm working in. Just the overall list of job duties. I'm just not really feeling it lately in my specific industry being creative, taking time for introspection and asking yourself those hard questions about your purpose. And then for me, just applying what I know from a communications profession to what that means for me personally. How can you embrace change? How can you find your purpose? Lean into the change. Jump in. Get excited about the possibilities, even with the duality of being petrified. It is possible to feel two different emotions on one side of the coin versus on the other. They're complete opposites. It's human nature to feel conflicting emotions. Let yourself feel those and just jump in. I'm jumping in and I am deathly afraid of deep water. (laughs) I do not like water and I don't like change necessarily, but I know that what I will receive on the opposite end after I swim out of all the dark, scary water through all the fear and discomfort will give me what I'm seeking. And I'll see you on the other side of that because I'm sure that eventually we'll meet each other there. C.S. Lewis has a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. So I'm going to leave you with that for this episode. Very quickly, though, I do want to remind you that there's a journal prompt also in the show notes. Be thinking about what is your icky guy? What is your purpose? Do you know your purpose? Are you comfortable with your purpose? Are you wanting to change things up a little bit? Are you like, what are you even talking about? I don't want to talk about my purpose. This is just something I don't want to delve into. Something I want to leave for somebody else to figure out. What's your relationship with your purpose? Has it been ebbs and flows? Has it been very linear? Have you always known your purpose? 
or did you learn about it later in life? That's like a thousand different journal prompts into one, but just free write when you have a chance and see what comes out because it does really help to devote that extra 5, 10, 15 minutes to yourself. So thank you for listening. This is the fourth episode. Four episodes. I'm so excited. This is so great. In a couple of weeks, we'll delve into a little bit more about purpose, more about what can drain your energy with another guest. And I love having guests. It's so exciting to be able to talk to people. I I love talking with people. I love hearing stories. And I really hope that you are getting a lot of fruitful information from the episodes. Again, like I said at the very top of the show, I'm so happy that you're here and so thankful. Until next time, I will see you very soon. Thank you for listening. This has been an Hourglass Media production.